Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dink Podcast. We're back here. This is episode three. My name is Carmine. I'm back here with my co-host, Greg. A lot has gone on since we've last done this podcast, and uh, I think we have a lot to discuss, right, Greg? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, since we last spoke, we, we had some new NFL news. We had a lot of uh, things going on. Carmine, uh, how, how was your week, bro? You know what? Not too bad, not too bad. I was mostly anticipating the NFL playoff games, and they delivered, so you can't complain. Yeah, I mean, uh, I liked I liked the last playoff games. I was not thrilled with some of the news that I had from my uh, New York Jets, but um, I know you're you're very familiar with their new signing, and uh, I wanted to hear your take on that really quick because we were talking about it a little bit before um, th- in this morning, and you said you were you were happy about his offensive coordinating, but he's gonna forget about all about the defense. So I wanted to see how you would sound a little bit more about Adam Gase. You know what? Yeah, you you know that over the over the the three years that he was uh he was the head coach of the Dolphins, you know that I was a fan of him for the most part from from me talking to you. you yeah, you got yeah. that vibe, right? And, and every time I texted you, you're always like, "Yeah, man, this is great, man. How's Todd Bowles doing? How's Todd Bowles doing?" And I I didn't understand why you liked him. And then we we were talking about it this morning. You said that yeah, you liked him until he lost the locker room. And I think I know we we spoke about it last uh, last time on the podcast that this young team is going to need some guidance and and you cannot lose the you know the locker room you got Jamal Adams who's a great leader um you got Sam Donald who needs leadership and you know having an offensive mind is definitely good but you can't lose the the, the locker room like he did with the Dolphins no yeah i think i think he has a chance to be a good head coach in this league if he puts the right pieces around him and he you just hired a defensive coordinator isn't that right yeah, and and I think that that also that also can be a negative and a positive, right? Um, I heard that he his strategies is keeping the safeties way back. Jamal Adams is way too aggressive, way too fast, and way too good with a lot of talent that he has to be back there all the way back. You cannot forget about him because a lot of the times that I'm watching him, he he does a lot of the blitzing. And he's knocking people right on the floor. He's one of those guys that it seems like the closer he gets to the line of the scrimmage, the better he is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he he's just putting these people right on the floor. And I know that uh, Chris could actually talk a little bit more about that because, you know, we, more us as Jeff fans, we, we are struggling and, and suffering together. Chris, <laughs> how do you how do you feel about bringing on uh, this new defensive coordinator? Oh, uh, I actually I actually am a big fan of Greg Williams. I think he's a very no-nonsense guy, which I definitely think this team needs, especially because they have a lot of young talent. And I feel like he could really get a con- good control of the locker room. Yeah, this is uh, Dan here. Joe, I got a quick question for you based on that. Uh, how come this guy Greg Williams, they, everyone says that he, he's, a, he's a big guy that wants to, the safeties playing deep off the, the line of scrimmage, but... Jamal Adams likes playing a little closer to the line of scrimmage. What do you think going on with that? Well, I think a big key in that is that the way this modern defense is set up, all, all these, all the secondary players are basically hybrid players. They don't really have a set position. So Jamal Adams can line up as a corner one player. He can line up as a linebacker another play. And he can really mix up the formations and really, even though the safeties are playing back, he can really mix it up and be able to optimize Jamal players like Jamal so Adams. So you like the this? Best way so you like this this hire right now? I do like the hire. Now yeah, is it official that they get him officially signed? It is not official yet. They haven't announced it okay. as a team. But we're thinking that it's going to go yeah, through. But yeah, speculated okay. that it's going to be, especially with all the top defensive coordinators Got it. gone now. Understood. Now, 
keep keep it going. Now, what do you? I don't like this signing of Adam Gase. I don't like it. I think that he was not successful in Miami. He lost the locker room. I don't like the guidance that he's bringing to the team. How do you feel about this? I, maybe every Jeff fan has a different feeling. I know Carmine said that it was a decent signing, but not something that we should get to be excited about. How do you feel from your perspective? What do you think about this? I definitely was furious at first because I kind of wanted a, a new guy, like a new face, someone who would bring a new offense. Yeah, like a new, a new energy, a new, op a, a different offensive mind from what we've seen from you know previous head coaches. You yeah. know, because other head coaches, you've seen them how they lead the team. You've seen what they could do already. I I was kind of looking for something new, but. You know, uh, I've grown to like this hire because you look as you look back, almost every team he's been with, uh, Adam Gase has been with, mm -hmm. whether it be as a QB coach, an offensive coordinator, even a head coach, the quarterbacks that have been under him have had some of the best, if not the best years of their career. Good. I, I mean, that that's all fine and dandy. Now, <laughs> did you hear that Peyton Manning actually gave this guy a reference? Oh, that that I believe that is. So he that screwed the Jets twice. He stayed in he college screwed, for the extra year. He screwed the Jets <laughs> twice. The uh, the Jets came out calling to him. He basically snubbed them. With him in college, he he said, college, "I'm going to stay in college for one more year, so the Jets don't have to draft him." Yeah, and then in 2012, he w he was one of the top guys to be yep. signed. And that's when he went to Denver. And, and then he just yep. chose so them for Denver. So Adam Gase, <laughs> who was the offensive coordinator. At so that. now he gives this guy a reference. Screws the Jets again. Now I don't know if it's going to be a, a good signing of it, but. You know, we can only tell, I mean, based off of how I'm seeing every Jeff fan and every person within sports doesn't like the signing. Um, and then speaking of Carmine, Carmine said that he didn't like the signing too much, obviously seeing him for the last three plus let, let years. Let me ask you a, a, a question because I know you're a big Jet fan. Mm -hmm. what, what are the expectations? What do you think has to happen this year? Nine wins? What do you think? I feel like they have, they have, to, they have to play some good football. I mean, you can't. You can't expect much with a young team. I, what I want to see is I want to see um, Jamal Adams taking more leadership. I want to see him take control of that defense. I want to see um, Sam Donald playing better football. He played better. I want to see him be able to read more defense. I understand, but listen, they're going to have the number three pick in the draft, correct? Yep. Then you add on top of that $100 million in cap space. Yeah, so I mean... Uh, and then you have this new head coach coming in. That's why I'm saying I'm thinking if they don't win nine games... People are gonna, you know, people are not gonna be happy. Well, are they gonna really win nine games? It's hard to say right now, but if I was a Jet fan, I would be thinking I want to make the playoffs this year. I I agree. I, I mean, I want to win the, the playoffs every year, and you know as much as um, the Jew knows that in in my in the in the um, text messages, I thought they were gonna make the playoffs this year, and that's a little bit far stretched. I know that. I know. But I, I thought based I, off of... I, I did not think No, that. and, and <laughs> listen, I, it's an off-stretch. It's, it's far-stretch. I thought that they were going to... That, that's real funny, Greg. Come on. How many people bet against the Jets on week one when they blew up the Lions and then everyone got screwed with that first bet <laughs> of the week? Come on. <laughs> I don't know. I think the talent-wise was there. I didn't think that they were disciplined over Todd, uh, Todd Bowles. I thought that they had the right formula to win, but just not the right leadership with Todd Bowles and not the right fire. So back to Carmine's uh, question, I want to see Donald become and develop into a better quarterback. I want to see him be able to read defenses, making adjustments on the line, um, calling audibles on the line, 
and then, you know, obviously leading them in tough situations. So I want to see maybe some better two-minute drills, um, you know, smarter clock management. That's what, And then, obviously, making the right choice in that three-pick. I, I don't think that it's it's something that's, you know, guaranteed, but you, you have to make a, uh, a smart pick in this. Even if it's, you know, picking another defensive person, we have to make sure that uh, we we made the right choice there. I want to go into um, this this week's Colts and Chiefs game and, and, and go into um, these last NFL games. Drew, what did you think about the games passing uh, this this last week? Well, the first game we had uh, the Colts versus the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. Chiefs, that was basically, Chiefs owned that from, from the moment one. Yep. They they came out swinging. It was 14-0. Pat Mahomes played amazing. That kid is the unreal. Deep, the, yeah, but what really surprised me was how much better the Chiefs' defense played. I mean, they they usually struggle, but they got no. But at, at home they've been line. at home they've been really good. At home their defense has been way better at than than on the road. And I think coming up to this um, Patriots game, I think they have a real shot to win just because they're not in Foxborough. I don't know how you feel about that. I think that that's where. They have the advantage over Tom Brady in that in that offense. It, it definitely could have a big impact. Also, uh, the Colts are usually uh, a dome team. I mean, they played a lot, a couple road games too. A couple of the road games were when there was warmer weather, and then also their home stadium isn't a dome, so they're a lot used to you know more comfortable weather. And it was actually very pretty brutal weather in uh, Kansas City. People were, I mean, people were throwing snowballs at, from the stands and hitting the punter for God's sake. Uh, but yeah, uh, Carmine, what'd you think about the game? Yeah, I was happy to see the Chiefs win, like, cause like you, like we were talking about earlier. You know, I'm a Dolphins fan. I hate, hate the Patriots. I want to see them lose. I want to make it difficult for them. And in order to make it difficult for them, let's make them play a game on the road. So I always wanted the Chiefs to win. And also Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion, he's the best player in football this year. That kid's he's, got he's swag, man. He's the most man. electric player you want to watch. He's much, play. he's much watched TV. Yeah, he's great, man. He's great. He's great. And I'm, and I'm, you know, I'm debating on getting his jersey and standing in front of the TV next, next Sunday, and rooting for them to beat the Patriots. Dude, we hate the Patriots. I know everybody in this room. Maybe not Dan because his team beat them twice in the Super Bowl. I hate them. Well, I'm I be huge, huge Chiefs fan. You have to. I mean, um, Dan, how can you be in New York and and root for Tom Brady and that team? How could you not? It's very easy. Come on, we're we've had the privilege of watching the greatest quarterback of all time. Stop it. Play football. How are you going <laughs> to say that this guy, he was? We have had the privilege. The man he gives five. The man made eight Super Bowls. But how many passes a game, <laughs> really, how many passes a game does this he's guy... He's giving him Super Bowls now. That's how much he likes his team. <laughs> he's, giving him, he's giving him Super Bowls that he didn't earn. <laughs> he's made eight, but he only he won five. Yeah, but still, five Super Bowls, teams don't even make one. How many of those did he cheat in? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, he gave me one of those. <laughs> yeah, you know it's Please. true, though. Look at the receiving yeah, he core. Didn't pull, he didn't waste no time pulling the punches, <laughs> pulling the big punches out of this. Look at, look, at, look at the receiving cores he brought to some Super Bowl. His best receiving core that he's had was the Randy Morris undefeated season, which he ended up losing. Did he have a uh, full aired ball in that one, or no? I believe so. Probably he just not. took a long, way hard hitting. Or was he spying on the, you know, maybe the offensive coordinator? <laughs> Either way, that man's a pleasure to watch every week. No, yeah, those three, you know, <laughs> screen passes that he does every other day. Yeah, you know what is funny? You made a long segment about the Jets, but uh, it was actually funny. I seen online the first team to beat the the Patriots in the playoffs. That did not the Jets. Was uh, it was Rex Ryan and Mark Sanchez? Bart Sanchez. Yeah, <laughs> that was the first team that 
that they didn't put them in the conference finals. Yeah, they were, they, 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 <laughs> they've the been last, the last like, team since. Yeah, the last decade. The la- they're the last <laughs> team since the past eight years the Patriots have made the conference championship. But it's, it, now it's almost like a, a game, I feel like, where it's like, what team is going to do it? And, and this is probably, I think this Chiefs team has probably the best chance. I, I agree. Because but they're on the road, though. I wouldn't say that. I think this Chiefs team is very damn good. Yeah, but if they're in Foxborough, it's a different situation. It's not, because look earlier in the season. They Pat lost, Mah- though. Yeah, but Pat Mahomes put a hell of a show on. Yeah, but they still lost. I'm saying in a, in a that very they good have game. a better shot now that they're on the road. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, of course. I think that the odds, and I think it's minus three that the Patriots, right? So No, it, no, no. It's it's uh, it's minus three Chiefs. Oh, the Chiefs? Oh, really? Yeah, See? Chiefs, so, Chiefs are home. Okay. No, exactly. So I think that they but have I a mean, chance to win. That's the home field advantage. Virtually, this is a so this is an even matchup. Yeah, this saying. is this is just an even matchup. Okay, so okay. Uh, we'll see what happens. We're gonna roll right into our other game that happened this weekend, and that was the Cowboys and the Rams. And boy, oh boy, did this game make me happy. Uh, Cowboys did come out a little strong. They had a great opening drive, and I was I was getting a little nervous because I've seen this happen multiple times with Prescott, but those Rams stepped up. They put the defense on, and they put the offense even better. I Greg, what do you think about C.J. Anderson? This guy, man, plowing through. <laughs> the dude is just—I love Todd Gurley. He won me a fantasy championship a year and a year ago. It was great seeing this guy, C.J. Anderson, come out of nowhere and uh, doing bef- what he did. Before we and and that's got to be on the head coach, right? So you got to notice the defense. Is it, is it all on McVay? I love McVay, but is it always on him? Like I think I think it's more of the fact that okay, he he was playing on a Carolina team that was that was somewhat a, on a downswing. He was also playing – he didn't take a snap for the Raiders, mm-hmm. and, and he played on a Bronco team that didn't have much hope in the beginning of the year. No, so but now, he, now he's on a team with a lot of hope, and, and I think he's got a little more fire on his ass. Yeah, but he created that fire, right? He's coming in there. He's working hard. He's put, putting up good plays, right? And I like the fact he's getting snaps. More, the more snaps you get, the more confidence you get. Exactly. I agree so with that. In other news, that final score, it was, uh, it was, I, was I was happy with it. It was 30-22 uh, to 22 in, in favor of the Rams, mm-hmm. and – it was uh, I, by all means. I love this guy McVay. I I didn't like the move, but it turned out to be great when it was a uh, the fourth and goal on the one yard line. When all yeah. you needed to do was kick a field goal to make a mm-hmm. make it that eight point. Was no, they were uh, what was it at the time? Whatever it was, and um, I think no, they were gonna be going up by eleven. Yes, is that right? And he ended up putting them up by sixteen. Yep, fifteen, whatever it was. I I, anyway, I like the move. I think that um, I thought that this game was gonna be a little bit closer. Uh, to be honest with you, I thought that. Um, the performance by the Cowboys, Carmine, we were watching the game together. I felt like they came out a little bit strong, but I felt like they could have been a little bit better on the defensive side. I know that that Rams offense is electric. However, they could have been playing a little bit better. I feel like the defensive line did not get in a lot on Jeff, uh, Jeff God, uh, excuse me, Jared Goff. I felt like that he could have been pressured more to give that bad, um, maybe a bad look or some bad, um, you know, rushes out of the pocket. So, Colin, what did you think about the defense before we get into the offense? I, honestly, all year I felt like the Rams' defense, it, it's, they have all these big names, but they haven't played to the ability of what you think these names should play. And Dominic Sue had a big game for the first time in a long time, actually, mm-hmm. this, this past week. But guys like Marcus Peters, Aqib Tlaib, they're really not having the best years in their career, and that's pretty evident. What about the Cowboys' defense? How did you – Think that they came out though. The, the Cowboys, you know, I, I think I thought it was going to be a tough game for them. Regardless, I think people made it out to seem like it was going to be such a 
such a home field advantage like in the opposite way because Cowboy fans are going to travel. But if you listen to the game, you heard a lot of L.A. Rams fans there. They were making some noise there, the L.A. Rams fans, for sure. But what do you think the fact that the the Cowboys stopped that run against the Seattle pretty well? You, you could say that, right? I think the Cowboys have a pretty good defense. But they couldn't stop that run I at all. I think they just lost to a better football team on the road. Well said. Well but said. I, honestly, I'm also one of the lone Dak Prescott fans, probably the only one here in this group. I'll take him on my team. I think you can win with them. But, but Definitely just you here. But honestly. No, I agree with him. I agree with him. I think the, the kid's got confidence. Yo, yeah, which you can is win with Dak Prescott. For 100%. Sure, for sure. 100%. And then some of those runs that Zeke was putting together. Oh, no, he, he's great. He's Unbelievable. Phenomenal. He's phenomenal. Unbelievable. The runs that he was putting together, I think his his longest run was had had to be about 20, 20 yards plus. Uh, am I wrong? No, yeah, he's, he's out of control. I know Dan will take the Giants running back before, right, Dan? Saquon? I mean, it's 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 a tough one. <laughs> I got stats to prove that one, so is it, is we'll, it we'll the save that for another day. But, but is it the offensive line that he's playing How many times on? did Saquon Barkley put the ball on the floor this year? That's none, a big goose egg. None, right? That's a big goose egg. I and pretty I'm, sure Elliot put it on the floor six. I'm not gonna disagree with you on this one because I feel like that um Saquon is not running behind a very, very, very good offensive line. I think Zeke is putting up more numbers because yeah. of his line. Right? Giants We've line, seen that in the was, past. Giants line I think was ranked eight thirtieth at one point this year and thirtieth? Thirtieth. And and uh the Cowboys I think was eighth. Yeah, so I mean, you can just see the difference. If you put Zeke on, um, on the Giants, does he put up the same numbers? Uh, it's, that's hard to say. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say yes. But the offensive line makes you'd have the running back because Saquon Barkley has more of a, I think, more of a catching ability outside the outside the back. Well, no, no, no. I'm strictly so saying from scrimmage running the ball. That's all right, what I'm so trying to say. No, I, I, if you're gonna ask my personal opinion on that, I kind of think Ezekiel Elliott is a, is a better is a better runner off off the handoff. Yeah. As opposed to Barkley, where yes, because. Barkley's more rookie right now, where he has to learn. Instead of going east to west, it's more north to north to south, and which is what he needed to learn more. And I disagree with you because I think that he, um, as as Saquon Barkley, not putting up, he's putting up big numbers behind a bad offensive line. That's why I'm thinking that if he's on a good line that has his back, that's why I think that he would be a better runner than Zeke. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and that's definitely something that they're gonna fix. This year in the offseason, for sure. Do you think that they pick um, offensive line? Do you think they make that pick first? They no, pick somebody no. on the offensive I think, line. I think it's it's always it's quarterback at this point. It's definitely quarterback. Who's on the draft that they're gonna pick? Who's I think you gotta go for Haskins. That's it. Go for Haskins. There's no other option at this point. I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting around. I, I look. I know Eli Manning is gonna be the be the quarterback next year, and I'm happy about that. What about if uh, Kyler Murray? doesn't accept that deal from the A's and decides to go into the NFL draft. Do you take your hands on him? I want Haskins, and I'll give you my reason why here. Haskins, he grew up in Jersey, if I'm not mistaken. He's uh, He said he's open willing to play for the Giants, and he also has no problem staying behind Eli Manning and learning for a year, which is awesome. For a rookie, for a guy to say that, he's not going to be that cocky, cocky kind of guy that's like, okay, I'm ready to play now. I want that guy that's ready to sit behind the big guy and say, take okay, notes. give me my chance. Like Aaron Rodgers did. Give me my chance to learn. When it's my turn, I'm going to be ready, and I'm going to have to be taught the right way. I'm cool way. with that. I'm cool with that. I want to roll into— Honestly, uh, I'm, I'm happy to oh. hear him say that, too. You know why? Okay. Because I would like the Dolphins to look into Kyler Murray and investigate that. So they dump again? Have they made that known already? I think we were just talking about it before. Do, are the Dolphins in dumping mode right now? They're definitely going to be looking for a quarterback. I wouldn't—I'm I, not sure they're going to be looking to win too many games next year. You were so high on Tannehill, though. Every time we spoke, you were like, that's my quarterback, man. I love this guy. I love this guy. And then 
how can you say now that they're in dump mode or they're not looking to win so many games, and now they're looking to bring on a quarterback? To me, he, he's not bad. He's slightly above average. You can win with him if you put the right pieces around him. But when he's making the amount of money he's making and he's been here for seven years, there comes a time. He can't stay healthy. Yeah, he's had a couple injuries here and there, but he's 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 a tough guy too. He's a tough guy. Is he that tough? I mean, he really he takes a lot of hits. Play, he, he, he takes play, a lot how of many hits. games did he play last season? Last, last season, season how many did he play? He missed, he missed the whole season with a torn ACL. Exactly. So I mean, understandable. And and I know Adam Gase was furious, and we go back and forth every time that the, the the reporters would like ask him about this, and he was like, "No, ask him, ask there, him." There are many reporters that'll tell you that the biggest reason why Adam Gase lost his job is because of his faith in Ryan Tannehill. He basically. Went down with that ship and it sunk, and that was the end of it. Got it. Okay. Well, we touched on a lot there, guys, and I want to touch on the games from today. Um, speaking about running backs, Sony Michelle had a hell of a performance today. He had 129 uh, yards, 24 um, rushes, and three touchdowns. So I, I was very impressed with him. On the other side, I was not impressed, and I guess this could be the defense on the defensive side for the uh, Patriots. Melvin Gordon, nine rushes, 15 yards, and um, one touchdown. Now, why would you not, maybe you, you could answer this, why would you not give him more rushes? Would it, maybe it was because he was just not, they just figured out it wasn't, the best option for them? Like, it wasn't working? What was going on? Phil Rivers threw the ball 51 times in that in this game. Why would he... Why would they go away from that? They basically made it one-dimensional. Well, when you go behind in the game as quickly as the Chargers did, I mean, the Patriots were up 21-7 to like, like that. Like, the time it took me to snap my fingers. When you get in the position like that, you have to just throw the ball nonstop, and you have to catch up, especially in the co- in uh, the divisional round yeah, of the NFL but playoffs. It, but it was so predictable what they were going to do, and you could see like every play uh, Phil Rivers was throwing the ball. 51 times he completed 25 passes, and he had 331 yards, which is good. I mean, it's not bad, but when you have your one of the top running backs in the league, come on, I know that you agree, and I know that you really like Melvin Gordon. Why... Why only give him fifteen? Um, oh, excuse me, nine rushes. Why? Why would you put that in his hands? I mean, he's one of your biggest offensive players. Yeah, it seems like they got out schemed, they got out coached, they got out manned. They just got they just got a thorough beatdown. They really did. They were never in this game. You know that just like I said, I'm rooting for the Chiefs. I was rooting for them in this game as well because I want to see the Patriots lose. No chance from the get go. No chance. They were not. They were not losing today to Patriots, but. Luckily, like I said, they're gonna have to go on the road now. Tom Brady hasn't had to have, hasn't had to have, hasn't have to had to win a uh, road playoff game in over ten mm-hmm. years now. So this will be interesting, I think. Okay. If no, that I game agree. is in Foxborough. To me, different story. The game's over. It's already over. Really? I'm giving it to the Patriots. I'm not betting against them in Foxborough in the playoffs. Going to the Super Bowl game. Them. Yeah. Okay. Now, Dan, I know this was one of your biggest, um, biggest games of the week, and I know being a huge Giants fan, you were going hard against the Eagles in this game. Eagles, Saints, what were your feelings when they came out 14 nothing in the first quarter? I saw it go 7 nothing. I had to go play a game of FIFA and clear my head <laughs> as I had money on I had some money on the Saints. Cena went up 14, and I said, all right, let me focus in on this game. But somewhat in my mind, I said to myself, you know what, this was the best team in, in, in the NFC and definitely and arguably the best team in football this year. 
I know you guys argue with the Chiefs, but uh, they definitely they did, they definitely did their job. And and Drew Brees, unbelievable. Sean Payton, this guy's got balls of steel, man. He does whatever the hell he wants, and he, and he controls. Fourth him. and one, and this dude, yeah. he's doing a fake punt. punt. I think that was the turning <laughs> point of the game. Punts. Am I wrong? And isn't it amazing how a, how a great team like the Saints are, and this team this year is is unbelievable. Where all year that they've been putting up 30, 40 points a game, and a lot of times it's usually a shootout when the games that they play. But this year, this year, no, they uh, they, today no, they they just put up what they needed to put up. Now and they got that stop. Now uh, granted, Alshon Jeffrey the ball couldn't right through his yeah, hands. I could have made that catch, but <laughs> could you make the catch? I made some nice plays on the field today on a football field. <laughs> <laughs> it's questionable call. But um, seeing seeing the first half of the game, right, Kamara was not really a big factor in in the first half of the game. Sean Payton in that locker room, he has to be like, listen, we got to draw up something different. The, end of the, the end of the first half, they, they had him coming to life. He, I know he caught his first pass of the actual game at the end of the first it, half. Wasn't it the third quarter? No, it was the end of the first half. Okay. On that final drive when they had the Will Lutz field goal for 47 yards. And I think that was a great drive. And the fact that in the third quarter they put together that, I think, was an 11-minute drive. Oh, man, was that fun to watch. Yeah. And I, it kind of made me happy. I realized, okay. They got this. I, I kind of feel happy about this team. And I, I, I did get a little nervous at the end of the game. But, man, was it good to see. Eagles. Unbelievable. Eagles yeah. doing eagle this today. I want to touch on one, and then we'll go to a different game. Oh, I'm sorry, Greg, because you but... Just to let everybody know that the final score of that game there was uh, Saints 20 and Eagles 14. Yep. So at the end of the drive there, the Eagles were moving down the field and all they needed was a touchdown to They were going to win the up. game. They were honestly, win the game. we've seen this story how many times? We've seen this story how many times? Carmine here. How many times does Big Dick Nick do this? And I was, I was a little stressed. I really was. Yeah, I really didn't think they were going to be uh, able to keep this game close, but he, he did it yet again. He kept it close. He gave them the lead for the most part. But their offense did stall after that first quarter. It stalled because yeah, they hadn't scored since the first five minutes of the game. But you know what? My biggest takeaway was how great was Michael Thomas, man. That man's fun to watch. That man is fun to watch. He makes play. He's a play. He's a true playmaker, right? And they're never out of it. It was third and twenty. You know, first and twenty. They're making so many good plays. He he had twelve receptions for hundred and seventy-one yards. Oh in, man! In a in a playoff game. It's almost like he he catches everything in his in his vicinity. Can we just touch on this real quick? He had twelve receptions. The next top receiver on the Saints had four, and that was Kamara for thirty five yards. And yeah, there uh, there was one point in the middle middle of the second quarter where only two receivers had caught the ball, and one of them was Michael Thomas. Yeah, I mean it, it was incredible. To what see. about that? What about that? Uh, I know we're touching on Saints a lot here, but what about that end of that first half? Well, I wouldn't say it was in the first half. I was midway through the second quarter where it was fourth and one on the goal line. They were down 14. Instead of taking your instead of taking your three points, they went for it on a fourth and one. to A nice move. And they didn't want to run it in. I think it was like a fourth and two. I'm sorry. And and they, they got that little. It was like more of a goal line fade. And, and it paid off that's for them. That's just typical Sean Payton. And that's exactly what move. I was thinking. Typical Sean Payton. Exactly what I, I was, was thinking. I was sitting on the couch watching right before, like you guys talked about, the, the fake punt earlier in the game. I'm sitting there thinking, like, come on, you got to think he, a fake punt. It has a, there's, a, there's a good chance with Sean Payton calling the shots that there's a fake punt coming right now. I'm always a lover, big fan that he's, a, he's, a, he's an ex-giant. He's always got a place in my heart. No, yeah, I think, I think he's one of the best coaches in the biz, bar none. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would have loved to have Sean Payton on my team. I mean, the balls that this guy has got is incredible. You're going to go fourth and one um, and, and just fake the punt, and, and you just electrified that Superdome. Incredible. And, and just the whole, the whole stadium got pumped up. The, the team got behind everybody. You know, and that was, to me, that was the changing turning point of the game. I think that it took it, it basically took the air out of the Eagles and it took it put air into the Saints. Am I wrong? Like anybody disagreeing with me? No, no, it's definitely true. And that is such a big key in the current offense of the NFL today. You have to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. I know this from experience because Todd Bowles was my, my head coach the past 4 years and he was the most passive coach around. I agree. I agree. And 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 something that is is um and we'll and we'll move on from this. I wanted to touch on something that's very important to me as well. And and Carmine, you asked me a little bit early in the podcast what what I want to see from this Jets team. I want to see better clock management. I don't know if I mentioned that, but I want to see something because every single time the Jets come up uh, for the last few few years for Todd Bowles, they were either blowing uh, timeouts, not using timeouts uh, appropriately. And then they just wind up either not scoring before the first half is over or just losing because the time management was not properly managed. Those, are the, those are the type of things that you see from undisciplined teams. And that's what I no, but that also has to be on the head coach. No, oh, yeah, and it starts with the head coach without okay. a doubt. Starts with the head coach without a doubt. So this uh, this up and coming NFL Sunday, we have the Rams at Saints. Um, I think that that's going to be one of the best ones of the of the game. I think that's going to be to me. I'm more interested in seeing that than the, pay, the Pats at Chiefs. Both games are supposed to be very close. It's minus three and a half for the Saints, minus three for the Chiefs. Um, the uh, Saints will be at 305. The Pats and Chiefs will be at 640. Um, come on, I wanted to touch on the Clemson-Bama game real quick. Let's go into college football. Incredible game by the, by the Clemson team. Incredible. 44 to 16. No offense, incredible for 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 Alabama. Roll Tide was was roll rolled out, in my opinion, pathetic. That game was was oof. it was it was another game that was over quick. It was over quick, wasn't it? It was it was worrying me. I had the under sixty five and a half, and it was worrying me the first the first quarter. I know we were texting, and you're like these college games, bro. That they they score quick. I looked at it, it was like what 21, 14, 21, and they they missed a few um, extra points and they missed a few field goals, but. On incredible scoring. How fast did they score? I know. The, the takeaway's got to be Trevor Lawrence. I know you got to like at the Alabama quarterback, too. You got to think he has a bright future as well. But the kid from Clemson, he, he looks like he's one of those guys where teams are going to start intentionally losing games. He looks he he's look, available. <laughs> did the Dolphins intentionally lose for two I, years? It <laughs> might have to, man. Look at this guy's six foot six. I mean, he's got all the tools. He's fast. He can make every throw. 19 years old, man. 19 years old. Super, super hot girlfriend, by the way. Let's throw that one in. I mean, if you were as good as a football player as him, you, you <laughs> should, right? You got to shoot, yeah. shoot high. Hell yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, that kid, that, kid's, that kid's out of control. And for the next two years, there's no reason not to think that Clemson's going to make it back there for the next two years that he's going to be at the helm. And it's come to the point where now we're almost looking forward to Clemson and, and Alabama how every great year. Is, how great is, I know we all love Nick Saban, how great he is. We all talk about that. We wax poetic. But how good is Dabo Swinney? Oh, my man Dabo knows what he's doing, man. His, his, his end of the game press conference, definitely, definitely, he's not only mature, but he doesn't give you answers like, and I'm not going to 
Answer it again. Like was it Nick Saban? Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he, he's he's a much better. Talker quit asking. Yeah, uh, he's much he's much calmer. You know, he's more hip. If you if you would say, you know, all that good stuff. He's he, he you can tell he relates to the players. You know, at a more personal and easier level than someone like Nick Saban does. But at the end of the day, I guess way the way better team came out on top. So the by, first by the first undefeated team, right? In uh, college football. Definitely well deserved as they had mm -hmm. the all around best quarterback that was capable of doing things that he did in the game and and he was just making a fun for for America to watch and that's for sure. I I think Clemson actually did have a um, undefeated undefeated team before. No, Greg, this was the first year where college football had an undefeated season. Uh, all right, I was wrong. All right, no big deal. Um, the line on Trevor Lawrence, incredible by the way, Carmine. Twenty uh twenty completions, thirty two. Attempts 347 uh, yards and a completion uh, at 62 and a half. That's unreal, man. That To me, then, Nick Saban had no answer for this kid. That defense was unbelievable for Clemson. And, yeah, Trevor Lawrence did his job, and I know Nick Saban he didn't know what to do with him, but I, I think it, it definitely boiled down to a lot of Clemson's defense. And I, and I like Trevor Lawrence's game for sure. Their defense was uh, was sickening. I mean, they, they really put up, really pressured their quarterback as well. And I think that that made the difference. You know what makes it so impressive? Alabama's defense, 99% of the players there are going to be in the NFL. They're going to be playing on Sunday. They always are. And this 19-year-old kid is going out there and just ripping them apart. Absolutely. It's, it's just unbelievable. You know, really. you know what I really enjoyed? First from, true freshman to win the championship, by the way. You know what I enjoyed from the Clemson's defense stand point of view? Was the fact that... Clemson at the end at the every time that Alabama marched in the red zone and Mar Alabama's Alabama was running through the defense and running running pounding it pounding north north south north south and all of a sudden the minute that Alabama got in the red zone that's when Clemson really stood tall and that's that's really what made the difference because they left a lot of points up in the end of the game and throughout the second half. And I think that Dabo really encourages his team. I think that he is a great head coach. I think that he's um, really, really behind his uh, behind his players. Dan, I know we always do a segment called Cleve's Corner. Let's get into that. If this is a fan favorite. We got it on Twitter at uh, Think the Podcast. We got in a lot of uh, inboxes here. Cleve, let's take it away. What, what are we gonna do this this uh, this this corner here? We're definitely today gonna touch on as it's the 20th anniversary of the Sopranos. We're giving a little Sopranos hot take. Okay. Well, what do we got? What are we gonna What are we gonna be doing right now? I think I'm gonna try to change the change the ending. You're gonna change the ending of the blackout. So, what did you think happened? We're gonna definitely change the ending. And uh, how? Listen, I know David Chase did a hell of a job, and he explains why he did it and what what he meant by it. And it can go on for hours as to what it, people could debate about it. But personally, I can't see and understand what was going on when he thought it was a good idea to spend so many seasons on such a great show and go on a black screen. What do you mean? He he left it open for this type of discussion. This is the point of the discussion. Well, why do we need this type of discussion? Because it's... Because, like, take Breaking Bad, for example. The We're not talking about Breaking Bad. We're talking about The Sopranos right now. I'm describing two of my all-time favorite shows in the same sentence. Okay. Go Breaking ahead. Bad ended perfectly. It ended the way it needed to be. So and then, th then you don't leave a debate for the fans... 
A, well, why do we need a debate? I'm just not because does it make it more popular? Did everybody remember the ending of the Sopranos? Yeah, I remember everybody saying it fucking sucks. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. <laughs> because if they wanted to bring back Tony Soprano, if they wanted to bring back another episode. No, because at the end, David Chase ended up describing that it was intended for him to get shot. So no. So how do you know he doesn't survive? He did get shot earlier in the in this in because the. Because have they made a remake? No. Because I mean, and they're making a prequel. I mean, so. James Gandolfini, rest his soul, he passed away. I mean, how are you gonna? What are you gonna do? But this is way prior. He died years after the show ended. What not really. About? Not that. What year did he die? He didn't. He uh, died. I, in, give me. Someone give me a stat checker here. I mean, he he didn't die that much later, uh, or, or after. Is, I think they it could have been. Way so what would have been the ending? You said you wanted to change the ending. What would have been? I think either kill him straight out or have him go get, go through some sort of an arrest and make it seem like that. That was it. That that this is the, this is his time. So you wanted him to shoot. They you wanted him to get shot. I would like to watch that live. Okay, because S- just in the same thing as the Breaking Bad ending, we okay. had to all watch that. So understandably, so you knew that the the um the war between Tony's family and and the family with Phil Lita Tardo, and then Phil got shot, right? So that's what you wanted him and at, Phil, big prick, by the way. Yeah, he was the worst, but. What I'm saying is, so we saw all of Tony's members, except for um, Paulie Warnots, to get shot. We saw Sil get shot. We saw uh, Bacala get shot. Yeah. So, so ha- you you mentioned it was uh, it was setting up for maybe a, a, an alternate ending later in the future. So you, you're killing all these people off, and you can't make an alternate ending. I think our stat checker department just came up with the fact that the last episode aired six years before the fight. James Gandolfini so he died in 2013, away. and the last episode was 2007. Uh, so that's six years. There's mm-hmm. plenty of time in between there to make something, but you can't because you had already killed everybody off. No, he didn't kill everybody off. He didn't kill. Every, he didn't kill off Tony. That's the point. That's the yeah, point. But, but what? The that's series. the point of the thing. That's the point of why end he the did that. Why the dude, that? the dude, no. David Chase. Because you know, I fantastic. Think David, what I think about David Chase. I don't know anything about him. He made an amazing show. I think he was scared. Scared of what? He was scared to close the chapter of a book that created him so much money. Bro, in his you life suck now. at this. This is horrible. He created so much money. In Are his you life kidding now. me? This dude probably the, the most smart, the smartest guy I've ever seen on the screen. I mean, and he put when, together. Let me, let me let me give you another take. Oh, no. Why the hell did Meadow Soprano take an hour to parallel park a car? Because it's to build it up. <laughs> How bro. long did she take to park a car? Bro, it's to build it up. It's the, that's the genius behind it. What's wrong with you? What is that a build up? <laughs> I the can parallel park a car quicker than she can. Well, you can't argue. You can definitely not argue what's going on here because. <laughs> Listen, my man Turtle from Entourage got in on it. <laughs> but that woman can't parallel park a car. But so that whole ending is so screwed up that it just drives me absolutely insane. I, absolutely, but think of it: you have "Don't Stop Believing" playing in the background. Yeah. Right? By the way, very overrated song. No, it's not. That put it on the <laughs> very, map. Very, very overrated song. Let's save that for another episode of Khalif's Corner. All right, because I also have a lot to say on that discussion. You have a lot to this what? On, Nobody on felt the fact that that song even existed until. The Sopranos made that so that's popular. how big The Sopranos was. Uh, of course it was. It was huge. So, <laughs> <laughs> listen. To me, honest with you, I think that it was genius of David Chase to do it like this. I think that the point of it, it was. It doesn't for bother you that that you have no idea what happened. No, you that's the have, point. You didn't have a chance to watch that. No, listen, that's the I watched point. Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad was hands down the best five seasons of television I have ever watched in my life. The fact that I know what happened and it happened correctly. 
sits me well. I'm so happy with the ending of that show. It's not even funny. Yes. Okay. I watched Dexter. I suffered through that. I watched so many seasons of Dexter until I got to the final season, and I'm just like, So, what? So, can I ask a question? She left if, me bone dry. Oh, me actually. That's what she left me. Fantastic. Hey, listen. Real quick, I wanted to... So, if they would have brought back The Sopranos, would it have sat better with you? And then I'm ending this. Bring it back is what a television so, no, show? No, 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 no. So, 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 if James Gandolfini didn't pass away, again, rest his soul, if they would have... Aired it again, and they would have brought it back where that left off. Would that have set battle with you? Personally, my the best ending possible in this situation is is just so shooting what, I, him. what I'm what shooting I'm asking him, shooting him similar to how Breaking Bad ended, shooting him and have like a nice raised clip of him just lying on the floor dying. So no, no, no. But my and question that would have sat well. But with you're me at that moment. But what I'm saying is you're upset about how it ended at that particular time, right? I'm scared, upset how it ended, how he looked up from eating his onion rings. Yeah. To watch some guy walk in the restaurant. So you don't know, if, know he, if he got yeah, shot. Exactly. So if I'm saying to you is if he, if, if they would have came back, you know, in 2009 with a different, like starting it up from from there and then playing it out, would you feel better about the ending? Of course. Okay. That's what I want. If it was a fair enough ending, if it made sense. I mean, it, I'm sure it would have made sense, but. No, because clearly the first ending didn't make sense. They wouldn't need to make two. All right. All right. Well, that was this uh, this week's edition of Cleef's Corner. Cleef, nice job arguing your point. Um, hey, it is what it is. All right, so we're going to get into um, this week's picks. Carmine, big betting weekend, obviously, for, for games this week uh, within the NFL. What is your uh, – first off, how did you do last week? Uh, wh- what did you pick last week, by the way? I forgot. It's, it seemed like it seemed like uh, Vegas mopped up on everybody this weekend Oof. because everybody wanted to take all these underdogs and every home team won. There was ba- it was bad. We every bet home we team won. we were going back and forth. We were betting and it was it was bad news, man. I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's a good thing for the NFL because that means the good football games, upsets, you know, mm. good stuff. Good yeah, stuff. entertaining. So, what is, what is going to be your lock of the week this week? It's it's going to be tough for me to go with. Uh, a game in the NFL this mm-hmm. week, you know, because if I were to tell you that I want to take the Kansas City Chiefs and lay the three points, I would be talking with a bias. I would not be talking with, with my mind. I'd be talking, you know, I'd don't, be talking with my heart. Don't bet with your brain. And we're not going to do that. We're Excuse not going to do that. Don't bet with your heart. Bet with your brain. We're not going to We're not gonna do that. We're not going to do that. All right. But what are we going to take? But what we are going to take is on this this coming weekend, that same exact weekend of that game, on that Saturday, we have a big, big game. We have Duke playing Virginia. And in my opinion, that's the two best teams in the whole country going at it. And I am going to say to go with the Duke Blue Devils, take the money line. Okay. Okay. And when is that game when is that game airing? When when is that game supposed to be on, on point there? That game will be played January nineteenth, six PM at Cameron Indoor. In okay. All right. Um I'm actually gonna take the Chiefs at minus three. Is that a big surprise? Is that crazy? I'm gonna take I'm I'm gonna ride the Pat Mahomes train here. I think that the Patriots finally get shocked. Don't go to the to the Super Bowl, I think that Mahomes is going to match him with his swag. Um, I think Andy Reid finally gets his Super Bowl uh, appearance again, and I actually think that they are going to be winning the Super Bowl. It's a bold prediction in my opinion, but I think that they are going to win the whole thing just based off of how how well Patrick Mahomes is playing. I think that the talent with Tyreek Hill 
and that defense, I think that we uh, we're gonna have the Chiefs as winners. So I'm gonna take the Chiefs at minus three. Dude, what do you got? Yes, uh, I do agree with you on all those points about Kansas City, and I'm going to stay with that Kansas City New England game, and I'm going to take the over on that. The over under on that is 57. Even life's life too short. <laughs> life's too short to take the under. Life bro. is too short to take the under. It's and though I mean it's gonna be pretty cold, although the weather is supposed to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's supposed to be like 15 degrees. Yeah, but based on this past game versus Indianapolis, it was pretty much snowing, and they were still and the Kansas City was still putting up numbers. So I don't doubt Kansas City, and you know New England, Tom Brady. You know they're gonna put up their num their fair share too. So I'm definitely going to take the over in that game. Dan, what about you? I think I will agree with you and definitely take the over. and think it's a safe bet. Offenses are clicking on all ends, and it's going to be one hell of a shootout. I have no problem with taking the over there. So that's your bet? You're going to go along with the Jews? No, no, I was just taking it. Okay. I got, well, I got my got? own bet coming. What do you got? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it in as well in the NFL, and I'm going to go straight up. Go ahead, slam all your money on those New Orleans Saints. Oh, that's an easy pick, though. Why would you say that's an easy pick? Come the Rams on. played hell of a football this year. Come on. That, the at home? Come on. Dude, that ain't a long shot. I'm though. saying take the money line, take the spread, take the over, take whatever the hell you need in the game. Saints win by five easy. Yeah, that's why the point of it is a bold prediction. They are going to win by five easy. So look at that. That's your pick. I'm not happy. I bet a lot of I bet Los Angeles Rams fans bet to make the differ. All right, but I mean, I'm taking that minus three and a half, and I'm gonna even slam more of it. I'll even buy myself a point. I'll go minus four and a half if I need to. Really confident? Dan. I'm very confident in these Saints. The way they played football in those last three quarters. Okay. All right. Well, that's this week's picks. Comment really quick. We didn't talk too much hockey. We don't talk a lot of hockey. Some news today, uh, or ye- or yesterday, Rick Nash finally retires. Um, I-, I was a big fan of him on the Rangers. Concussion protocol finally um, got him got him caught up to him. How did you How did you feel about Greg? Just quick question. So they they found him on the back of the milk carton. Oh come on! Because he's been pretty missing the last oh five six God. years. Typical Islander fan. Coming back to a serious oh, conversation. I was a big fan of Rick Nash. Big yeah. fan. I liked him. I, it I, sucks to see him go this way with the concussion. That's what I was gonna, That's why I wanted to touch on it. Because I, that's the way he played. He played hard. He dove to the net. You know. Yeah. He's a good player. And I wanted. I felt like he he earned as as a Ranger fan our respect to at least talk about it. That that he was a really hard player. Um, had a good career with the Rangers, and and to see him go out as a with a concussion protocol, I, I'm not happy about it. I think that it, that's very upsetting. But um, I hope he's all right. I hope that all is well with him. I'm sure he's. Got it. Made his money, but I hope he's not like Brett Favre and can't remember his own kids' names. You know. Yeah, hopefully, he uses this as 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 you know time to just spend with your family now. At this point, yeah. He's made a lot of money in his career. Hope you know he he's a smart guy. I'm sure he's got plenty of it left over. Mm-hmm. He he'll do the right thing and he'll spend time with his family. I'm, no, I'm I'm happy for him. And he's a good I, player. I'm happy for him. I'm just happy. I'm I'm just not happy that he had to go out like this. You know, I I feel like he had a really good um career. Especially with the Rangers, he he put up a lot of of points for us in as the New York Rangers. So um, I hope he's all right. I really hope that he enjoys his time off um, and in retirement. But I just in, felt like in my opinion, I think he has one of the most entertaining goals of all time in a hockey game when he scored. It was actually January seventeenth, my birthday, two thousand eight. Yep. Okay, two thousand eight. Yep. He scores a goal against Phoenix, the Phoenix Coyotes at the time, mm-hmm. where he just deeks the whole entire 
coast to coast, deeks the whole team one by one, deeks the goal, he scores a goal. Yeah. You know, nonchalant, doesn't really celebrate all that much. He wasn't a sh- he wasn't a showboat guy, no, no. and that's and that's why I really liked him. So, um, I wanted to touch on that really quick on that. Really quick, guys. Really good takes this today. Um, think podcast. If you're gonna mention hockey, mention how hot the New York Islanders are. Oh come on! Enough already. Oh, that will be the first and last time we ever mention the New York Islanders <laughs> on this podcast. They they did have an impressive win today. They did. Who who did they beat? Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, nobody cares about them. Nobody cares about the Islanders, <laughs> but um, they're only one of the top teams in the league. No one cares, though. No, no, no. I'm saying the Islanders. Nobody cares about the Islanders. Oh, that that is true. Yeah, seven fans and Dan's one of them. But um, I hope you guys enjoyed this this take on Dink Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the Dink Podcast. Um, give us your feedback. Give us a five star ratings. Give us your uh, feedback. Let us know what you think. Again, this is Dink the Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Bye bye now.